the four F's of fixing and flipping one of our favorite investment strategies on today's episode. You are listening to the Champion Hustle podcast, play to succeed in business and in life, featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Hello and welcome to the Champion Hustle podcast. This is episode number 16. My name is Ryan Black. And my name is Levi Hunsaker. And welcome out today. Today, our topic is all about fix and flip. Levi, I know you love fix and flips. I know I love fix and flips. <laughs> and hopefully by the time we're done with today's episode, you too, as a listener, are going to love fix and flips because it's just, it's a fun strategy. We love real estate investing, of course, and fixing and flipping has its pros and its cons. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But uh, we're going to kind of break it down and uh, provide you some information, hopefully that you've never heard before, to kind of expand your, your perception on what the possibilities are doing fix and flip real estate transactions. So Yeah, so the first thing is, why is it so popular? You know, this is, this is the sexy strategy of real estate right now. And, and oh, it's yeah. really that way because TV has made it popular. Any time that you can get... Um, information onto a popularized TV show, the it's just gonna the interest is gonna improve a ton. So well, and there's a lot of shows, right? I mean, I think HGTV. I don't know what they were before all the flipping shows, or I mean, I'm sure that I, I know they've existed for a long time. <laughs> I don't know what they had, what their programming lineup was, but now it's like pretty much some variation of flipping. <laughs> Ours I, I had never be. heard about HGTV until my wife started telling me about fixing and flipping shows. Yeah. And and now one thing to, to keep in mind, um, you know, TV is sensationalized, right? It's re, especially reality TV. So for us, who people who are actually flippers, when we watch those programs, we do enjoy it to some extent. Well, I'll speak for myself. I enjoy them to some extent. I don't really watch much TV. I have other things I use my time for. But, um, you know, once in a while, we'll, if I, if I see a clip from one of the shows, a lot of the stuff just doesn't add up <laughs> because the numbers don't make sense. What they're doing, you wouldn't really do on a real deal. It's definitely dram overly, you know, what do you say? Dra- dramatized, dramatized, yeah. dramatized in order to, uh, to make content because uh, as a real flipper, I don't know. That's my well, perception. And- and they want the shows to be entertaining, so it is what it is. But you have to understand that there's pieces of the equation that are missing when you look at the, the numbers, when you look at what they're doing on the flipping shows. Um, you don't always put you know, high, high-end materials into every house you've got. You've got to look at the market. Yeah. So um, one of the big things about flipping is massive paychecks. We've talked about massive income versus passive income. And fixing and flipping is a massive income strategy, and you're you're going to be looking at a, a big paycheck at the end of it. That's the goal, right? Well, so. and and it's cool. What's really cool to see is is you know people that we've worked with who have literally two or three xed their annual income on one deal. <laughs> it is it is impressive, right? Obviously, results, you know, your mileage may vary, your results may vary. Everyone's a little bit different. But when we see time and time again these examples of people who get involved in real estate investing and then are truly able to multiply their annual income on a single project, uh, yeah, those massive paydays definitely uh, <laughs> definitely are attractive. I'll, I'll give you that. 
The other thing that's really enjoyable is when you're in the project is the sense of accomplishment of being able to see kind of that before and after transformation, right? Whether it's just a, a dilapidated house or a drug house or just, just a house that needs to be updated, seeing that, trans, that transformation of the before and the after, increasing the aesthetic, increasing the utilization of the property, and um, just, it's fun. It's very satisfying to be able to see and say, you know what, I did this. This is something I did. Even if you weren't the one lifting the hammer, you planned it, you oversaw the project, and there's something really satisfying about being able to see a job well done and having that accomplishment. And, uh, and then of course, the buyer comes and they're happy too because they bought the house. Well, and that, that goes to the vision, having the knowledge and the vision to actually create the ability to make that happen. That's what we do as, as investors, as flippers, and why you're getting paid is because you know you have the knowledge, the relationships, and you can actually put the deal together and get it done. And that one thing that, that I often tell people is, you know, when people are, you know, inquiring about, oh, real estate investing, and is it really hard? I said, look, this isn't rocket science. We're not doing brain surgery here, guys. Bricks and sticks, okay? <laughs> We're talking about real estate. Now, so what do I mean by that? It is, it's not, it's not overtly complex, but it is, it's not simple either. Like there's, there's a lot of things you need to know because a lot of people don't know what it is they don't know. So you got to understand all the nuances. You got to understand everything from, you know, how to find the deal, how to negotiate it, how to do the contracts, how to correctly raise the funds, how to manage the project, how to find the right contractors, how to deal with challenges and surprises, how to protect yourself from losses, right? How to do the market analysis, how to do the project analysis, how to do all of those different aspects, and then how to successfully list, sell, market, sell the property, there's a lot of different how to deal with inspectors, how to deal with permitting, how to deal with all that stuff. So there is a lot of things. But the good thing is, is if you learn all of those pieces, or once you learn all those pieces, it's not that complicated, right? It's just a matter of, like you said, acquiring that knowledge, having the right relationships, because you ain't doing this by yourself, that's for sure. It's not a one-man band thing. Surrounding yourself with the other right professionals that can help you with that, and then at the same time, making sure that you have the correct knowledge to be able to make it happen. Yeah, and the number one thing that um, when I talk to people and they are interested in it and I ask them why they're not doing it yet, what do you think they say? Probably fear or yeah, lack of... Yeah, it is a fear, but a fear of what? Well, fear of losing money. Money. Fear of screwing it's, up. It, it yeah. all comes down to money. And, and, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, the risk of that money goes way up. And, and it takes money yeah. to do real estate. It doesn't have to be yours. But there's a lot of money, a lot of dollar bills are in real estate, right? <laughs> that is very profound. A lot of dollar bills are in real estate. Absolutely. Hey, just keeping it real. <laughs> I love it. I want to I wanna define really quick because sometimes, um, you know, the, the, obviously the words we use are important. And I want to clarify exactly in today's episode what we're referring to when we're talking about fix and flipping. Because... You know, we're not talking about flipping contracts, which is wholesaling, which we've mentioned in the past, which is where you acquire a property, you put it under, or you, you acquire a contract to the property, you put the property under contract, and then you sell that contract to another investor, where you never actually take possession of the property, you never do anything to it. That's flipping contracts or wholesaling. We're not talking about that today. And you, another term you might also hear 
is that of rehabbing. Rehabbing is similar. I mean, it's it could be synonymous to fixing and flipping. Rehabbing typically is more in-depth, more detailed. If you're going to do a full rehab, you might be gutting the entire property down to its uh, to the studs and then rebuilding from there. Whereas a fix and flip, especially if it's like a splash and dash fix and flip, you might be like painting, putting in new carpeting, and I mean, a few minor things and that's it. So rehabs are typically much more intense as far as time, money, and the work involved, whereas the flips are generally a little quicker, easier, less uh, time and cost intensive. But for our intents and purposes today, uh, as we talk about fixing and flipping, kind of rehabbing and fixing and flipping are going to be synonymous. We're talking about acquiring the property, making some level of improvements to that property, and then turning around and selling it. So. Yeah, and, and one of the big differences that I like to think of when we look at the differences between flipping and rehabbing, and at the end of the day, the strategy is similar, but when you talk about rehabbing, you're talking about making major structural modifications, right? Big right. changes, big adjustments to the property. A fix and flip is you're just going to make it nice, clean, and get somebody that is going to love that home in there to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, so typically, because every timeline is a little bit different on every project, obviously, but um, and we've I mean we've done both. We've done the the quick kind of quick and dirty splash and dash, and we've done the massive <laughs> rehabs. And there's obviously money to be made in all those types of deals, but um, yeah, but okay. So what are some of the what are some of the pros? Like let's look at the pros and cons of of flipping. What would you say are some of your favorite upsides, Levi, for for doing well, fixing I mean, flips? We're running a business here, right? So one of my favorites is the money that can be made in flipping, right? So a lot of times you're looking at 20, 30, 40. We even have some guys in our community that have made six figures, $150,000 on a single deal. Yep. Now, that's that's the home run. Those don't come along very often, but they do come along if you're looking for them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely the upside, the, to reiterate the, the satisfaction, like, I don't know, I, I want to feel like in whatever business I'm running that I'm making a difference, right? There's a lot of different ways to make money in this world, some legal, some illegal, <laughs> but among the legal options, I feel that I want to do something where I feel like I'm leaving some type of a positive impact on other people. It's not just Obviously, it's important to provide for my family, but where there's some type of an impact. And so for me, I know that we've experienced in, in some of the flips that we've done, we've actually had the neighbors come over and thank us for taking what was the eyesore of the neighborhood and turning it into a beautiful home. And, um, you know, obviously situations like that. And then, of course, the buyers are, are super happy because they got a beautiful home at a great price. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just like being able to not only solve other people's problems through real estate investing, but specifically in flipping, be able to take something when you see, we always see the potential, right? We, we're looking at that property and other people say, man, that thing's ugly. And we're like, oh, this place is incredible <laughs> because we see the, the future potential of that property. So for I, me, I like that's to a call it plus. instead of instead of beer goggles, it's investor goggles. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> so I go in a house and it stinks. It's got garbage everywhere. Um, the people vacated and just left everything behind. Maybe it was a hoarder house, right? We can go in and solve those problems. So 
one of the best things about it is I, I believe in win-win or no deal. Okay. If you can't, if you have to take advantage of someone to do your business, I'm going to recommend that you rethink how you're doing your business because you don't have to do that. Um, and unfortunately, there are some investors that have done that and give investors a bad name. But can we go in and solve a challenge for a homeowner? Whether that means they're in pre-foreclosure and they're going to lose their home or they just can't take care of the property anymore. My first deal was not a sad story. The guy, it was just an older gentleman. He physically could not keep the, the upkeep on the property. Uh, we had waist-high grass. And oh, wow. guess what? When we mowed the lawn, we found a snowmobile in the backyard. Sweet. <laughs> so we ended up giving that to one of the neighbors. But it's just... You can you can solve a challenge for the homeowner. You're solving a challenge for your business. You're solving you're you're creating a win for a lot of people, right? The contractors, you're creating jobs for them to do, right? You are creating income for the the people with the funding. You are creating a home that somebody else can enjoy. You're creating you mentioned it already, a win for the neighborhood by improving what is an eyesore a lot of times in a neighborhood. And so there's all of these wins all around. So when you can create those wins, that's when you have people that are happy with what you're doing. Well, and 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 I, I love those points you brought up. An, another thing that is, I think, really valuable is from a strategy, right? Because we have a lot of different investing strategies that, that, we, that we love. But fix and flip absolutely is a highly leveraged strategy from the function of time. Because you are like we, the way we run it, we're not out there swinging a hammer. We are leveraging other people's time, right? OPT, OPM, other people's money, other, right? We are the, the brains behind the operation. But if you do fix and flips correctly, um, there are some investing strategies that will require more of your time. But with, if you're doing it correctly, you're going to be able to, uh, Tell them what to do, and then they're the ones there every day taking care of it while you can focus your effort on other things. So I like the I like how leveraged running flick, fix and flips can be. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the cons. What are some of the big drawbacks for you? Well, there are always the possibilities of unexpected surprises. And I would say <laughs> expect the unexpected. We had a property once where... Oh boy. I don't know if I told you about this one. So we had just closed on the property. This was, and this was a big house. I mean, it was like 5,000 something square feet. Um, so it was a big house and, uh, we'd closed about two or three days earlier. I was over there at the property with my boys, my two boys. I can't remember. We were looking at something, but, um, my boys started like screaming and cheering and I'm like, what's going on guys? And they're like, look, dad, it's raining inside the house. And so, so this is a, a two-story house with, uh, with a basement, right? So we were on the, the main floor. So we had the basement underneath us and then the upstairs. And, I'm in, and they're in the kitchen. I go in the kitchen and I see that there's like water streaming through, coming down from the ceiling. And so I grabbed, there was like a broom or something in the corner. I, it was a stick. I grabbed it and hit the, you know, hit the ceiling <laughs> and the ceiling came crashing down and this water came rushing everywhere. And my boys were like, yay. And they were running around and they thought it was the coolest thing. And you're just thinking, oh, 
<laughs> I'm like, what on earth? <laughs> I was, I mean, literally, I was in the property the day before or two days before to do a final walkthrough before we bought it. Like, this wasn't here. And now we own it. Now it's on us. What is going on? Long story short, the upstairs master bathroom toilet had a plumbing issue. Now, let me clarify. This was not the sewage water. It was the tank. You know, inside of the tanks, you've got the uh, the float. And the float had gotten uh, improperly adjusted to where the water was still continuing to fill in the tank. And it actually was overflowing the backside of the tank, the clean water, running down and into the wall. And it filled up the uh, the ceiling joists above the the kitchen. So it's something that had obviously had gone on for a long time. And, uh, and then it actually went down the wall into the basement. So we had two stories worth of drywall damage. Luckily, there was no mold. It hadn't gone on that long. But that was an unexpected expense to where we had to cut out all the drywall, dry it out, make sure, you know, there was no mold or anything. We were fine. And then, uh, you know, redo that. It was an easy plumbing fix. We had other plumbing woes on that property, but that's a story for another day. But with this, with the rain, um, it was, I mean, it was what it was. One, two days after closing, there we were. Now, the good thing is, is we we always have what we call an oops or a hedge in, in our numbers. So we were anticipating, we were expecting the unexpected. So it was like, all right, well, there goes some of our extra, you know, oops money is now going towards, towards the repair. But at the time, I mean... <laughs> Those little surprises, those unexpected surprises, can definitely Surprise. be a con. Throw a re- exactly <laughs> can definitely throw a wrench into things when you're uh, just getting started on the project. So that's one potential big con with the flips. Yeah, for for me, it's the time. Sometimes things take longer, right? You when you're using leverage and you're not doing a lot of the work yourself, and you're hiring contractors. Um, understanding how to put the sequencing of your contractors and then make sure that they actually show up and do the work on time because <laughs> one contractor can throw the entire schedule off. Yeah. And if you miss a window, you might actually be weeks to months out before you can get enough that contractor to come back in again. You might have to hire somebody else just to make your project work. So, so that can definitely be a challenge, but a lot of times with a flip, you're not going to see a paycheck for at least four months. So yeah. even, even if you're able to flip a property that, that you want to make sure qualifies for FHA financing, and keep in mind, if you want it to qualify for FHA financing, you have to hold that property for 90 days before you even relist it again. Otherwise, it doesn't qualify. VA and FHA, you can't get loans on that. So make sure that you understand that. So you're looking at four months realistically, especially if you're in kind of the lower end entry level markets. Mm-hmm. Um, so what if you need money right now? Fix and flips is not going to provide that for you until you start to build a pipeline of these funding or of these deals that, that are paying you on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, that is, that's a common question. Okay, I'm getting my first deal. How soon am I gonna make money? I don't know, like six months? Well, <laughs> like, and, and it if, depends. if you need money now, you might wanna consider doing a wholesale on a deal if you've got that. Right. Yeah. Which is a great alternative because you're in, you're out and you're going to get paid within what? Usually a week. So yeah. And it's a means to an end, right? Right. Because you know, you want to go on to the next deal and do the flip. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely, and that's what I love about real estate is it's not a one size fits all deal. 
right? Everyone's a little bit different. They're in a different situation and it can be flexible for that, for that situation. Another, another con is uh, definitely can be permitting inspectors and dealing with the cities. <laughs> now, gratefully, knock on wood, <laughs> I have not had uh, any major issues, but I do know people who have been red tagged which is where, you know, if, if there's anything going on in the project that the city doesn't like or you didn't pull the proper permits that the city requires and they catch you, then um, you'll get red tag, which is a stop order. And then you've got fines. It can steer, like you said, seriously screw up your timeline because if you had all of your subs lined up and then all of a sudden you've got a, you know, a two or three week delay to get the city inspector out there, it can really mess things up. So particularly in certain areas, some areas are, are worse than others, but and some areas are fine, but dealing with that inspections, permitting, and just the bureaucracy of dealing with the city officials can be pretty, pretty tense. In yeah. Some and there, situations. Are, there are people that risk not pulling the permits. It's not worth it because when it really comes down to it, if you get red tagged, the city knows that you were not following their process and I, there's no policy, there's nothing, but from, from experience, I have seen that, you know, maybe they take a little extra time than they needed to or drag their feet a little bit more. So you just don't need that. It's, it's a lot easier to just pull the permits up front, get the inspections done, be on the up and up, and then you don't, you're not running the fear. You're not kind of wondering, hey, do I have to worry about the inspection authorities coming around and shutting my project down. If, you, if you're doing it up and up with the city and you know everything's good, yeah, you'd have to work that into your timeline of actually getting the inspections done and everything, but you are also knowing that you're following that process set forth by the city and that the people that are gonna buy the home from you have everything in order and they're not gonna have a problem with it either. Yeah, and especially with some things, because there's certain things that are really safety hazards, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you get somebody who doesn't know what they're doing running new gas lines, you blow up the house. Or burn, or, you know, somebody who doesn't know what they're doing on electrical. Or carbon burn, monoxide poisoning. Yeah, carbon monoxide, or, or burn down the house, or, I mean, certain structural changes that they're just, you know, guessing on. The house can collapse. It, it can have serious consequences. So you really want to make sure that you say, okay, if I were to live in this house with my family, what would I want to make sure? How would I want to make sure that things were done correctly and do it to that standard? So I do not subscribe to the construction motto. You know what the construction motto is, right? <laughs> yes. Can't see it from my house. <laughs> so I don't, I don't subscribe to that philosophy because I want to turn out a quality product. Yeah. If, if my name is attached to it, I want to know that if somebody says, oh yeah, this person did that work, that I can be proud of what has has happened there exactly and if you know in the event that uh you know even five years after you sell a property something comes up and uh you know the current owner tries to you know open litigation against you i don't know what the statute of limitations and all that is it's probably varies by by uh, jurisdiction by state but i don't want to find that out so it's just better to avoid any of those situations and if, uh, if yeah. you've done everything right it's a lot easier to prove on your end that you did things by the book than yep. to trying to explain to a judge why you didn't pull permits. Exactly. 
Another con of fixing and flipping would be potential market shifts. And I'm talking about massive market shifts, right? You're in the middle of a project, you're, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollars in, not from your pocket, but you know, money in the deal with the acquisition, your holding costs, your repairs, all that stuff. At that point, then I mean you were anticipating, let's say you're anticipating selling the property for five hundred K and there's some massive downturn, all of a sudden the property's only worth 400K, right? 300K. Now, what do you do? Now, I know for us, <laughs> this is not really a con. Levi, you wanna expand a little bit on that? Why not? But for a lot of people, it can be a massive con. You can totally lose your shirt over something yeah, like that. Yeah, so, so it, it can be a con if you are not prepared, if you have not structured properly. And we're actually gonna talk about how to structure that properly in one of the four Fs of fix and flip that we're going to talk about here in coming up next. Awesome. Yeah. So, well, let's dive into that. Let's talk about the four F's, the four okay. F's of flipping. The first F is finding it. How do you find a property that in a lot of cases, what we're looking for is a hundred thousand dollar discount from what it will be worth once we have done all the work to it. Right? So we're going to go in and we're going to put money into a property and there are, hard costs, there are money costs, there are materials costs. And don't forget that you want profit out of it at the end because we're running a business here. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I mean, that the topic of analysis of deal analysis, I mean, that could be a multi-episode <laughs> conversation right there. Yes, yes, it could. There's a lot that goes into that, but the, the you know, the key thing of in, in finding the properties, there are dozens and dozens of different ways of finding properties. What I tell people is look, you know, once you learn all the different ways, there's different mediums, you know, there's online mediums, there's traditional mediums, there's technology mediums, there's, uh, you know, relationship mediums. Once you figure out kind of what works well with you and your personality and your skill set, try a few different ways. I mean, we've got software, we've got all these different ways that you can generate leads. Stick with what works for you. Some guys love going to the auctions. Me personally, I'm not an auction guy. I don't like it. That doesn't mean I'm it's wrong. Either. I just am. That's not my thing. That's not for I, me. I, I don't like going on a blind date and buying a house I've never seen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so there's not a right or a wrong way to find the houses. There are a bunch of different strategies. So, you know, you got to kind so of look through the ones and find the ones that work for you and then, and then hone into those. Some people love just buying properties from wholesalers. It's like, I just, whatever the wholesalers bring me, I, that's what I want. Cause I don't want to spend any of my time looking for the deals. I'll just check my email, get that, get the wholesale deal and buy it. And I'm happy to pay a little bit more, but, but that's fine. So once again, finding deals would be another multi-episode conversation. <laughs> conversation. Well, so, so what are some of your favorite ways to find deals? So I like using, uh, actually on my cell phone, I have uh, mobile apps that, uh, will, will run queries for me. And so whenever a, a property comes up that, that uh, fits the parameters of that query, then, uh, then it will give me a, a push notification. So I can constantly see when new properties come up on the market that, uh, that meet those specifications, it'll give me a push notification and then I can open it up and see, oh, is this something that, it, uh, you know, that I'm interested in, yes or no? And it's, I mean, it's seriously like a 10 second review of seeing does this merit more investigation, yes or no? So um, that's one way that I like to do it. Another one is uh, you know, we like working with distressed sellers, folks who are going through a hard time, providing solutions, creating a win-win, as you mentioned earlier. 
And so working with uh, pre-foreclosure leads, we've got uh, some software that helps us generate that. We also work with the local uh, recorders, uh, the county recorder's office, to be able to acquire that data, that information, to work with people who are um, you know, going through a tough time and are going to lose their house, and we're able to stop that foreclosure. So that's uh, another way that I like. And uh, third, what would be my third way? Third way, relationships. Network, yeah, that, letting people know that what we're that's doing. That's what I was going to tell you is yeah. relationships. Um, but I was going to take it a little bit different way. Okay. So instead of networking with people, right, that's a good way to find deals too. But what if you're networking with professionals? What if you are networking with probate attorneys? What if you're networking with real estate agents that sometimes get a listing or somebody that wants to sell a house that is just in a condition that they cannot list it on the, the MLS. For example, if you don't have a stove in the house, just a simple thing as a stove, certain types of financing you will never get. They, nope. they won't approve the loan. And so, but the person can't afford to buy a stove. So what do you do? Well, we, we find a way to make that work. But there's also other conditions of the home where it's just not gonna list or sell well on the MLS because people are looking for move-in ready homes. Right. Yeah. As so, investors, we specialize in the, the sucky ones. Yeah. So network with, with professionals, real estate agents, title agents, uh, attorneys, and even CPAs, right? Because they can tell you when somebody needs to do a 1031 exchange on their property. If you're set up to go buy that from them, then you've just created another win. Yeah. So network with professionals. I love it. Now, once you found the property, the second F is to fund it, right? Funding the property. Obviously, we talked about you do need to have money to invest in real estate, but it doesn't have to be your money. And obviously, by doing that, we raise capital from private, you know, private money lenders or investors. Typically, particularly on fix and flips, we're never going to deal with a bank. There are certain types of investments where we will work with banks. For on flipping, we're not going to we're not going to get bank financing. It's too slow, too expensive. It just doesn't, doesn't make sense. And so, uh, you know, typically I know with the funding, we have different, uh, different strategies. You can work with hard money lenders who, as long as the terms are, are amicable for you, you can, uh, you know, that can be a great solution, but private money is really the key. I mean, that's really the, uh, the golden, the golden goose right there that lays the golden egg, the private money, because you're able to, you know, uh, correctly raise that capital and then take it and either invest it in a series of projects or in a single project. That money could come from somebody's uh, retirement plan. It could come from, uh, you know, some type of a HELOC or line of credit or simply other investments that have been translated over into a liquidity for investing. But that is almost all of our, uh, all of the flipping that we have done has been entirely funded almost exclusively by other people's money from their retirement plans. So that's been our Yeah, our so, thing. you know, we mentioned in the cons, there there's ways to do the funding right, and there's the ways to, to kind of get burned in a downturning economy. So one of the ways that we want to look at this is we can, we could go borrow every cent needed to do a property. There's ways to raise that money and, and borrow it. But now you are completely debt laden and there's, that makes it hard to refinance if you need to. So what we like to talk about is partnerships. So this is another mm -hmm. great way 
to raise private money is instead of lending, you're talking about creating a partnership where you guys get to share in the deal. And you can create a win for them and create a win for your business. Now, two great questions to ask when you're, you're looking at doing this is, hey, what kind of return are you getting in your retirement account? That's question number one. What, if, what are people going to say right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, not looking good. Negative? They either don't know or they, they have buried their head in the sand like an ostrich because they don't want to look anymore. Yeah. Okay. The second question is, would you be okay if I doubled or tripled that for you? And, and, I, and that's, not, um, that's not blowing smoke, right? You really can double or triple that return for them. So it's, it's a great way to do that. And you can build a partnership where if the, the economy downturns and the, the property's not worth what you had projected it to be at, well, you just turn it into a rental property. And now you have a partner in a rental property instead of a partner in a flip. So we yeah. call that a debt equity blend. And so you're not over leveraged in the property and you have a partner to be able to share in that long term. Yeah. Yeah, funding, funding. There are so many different ways. I love that debt equity blend is a great way to, to put it together, and um, yeah, it's just not being over leveraged is so important. Raising the capital, coming up with the capital. A lot of people seem to think that that's a huge barrier. It's really not. If you have the deal and you have the right relationships, you can get the money. That's not a challenge. Well, and and be careful about the way that you raise the money, right? Yes. Posting and splashing all over Facebook that you need money that can get you in an orange jumpsuit. So understand the laws, understand what it takes to get investors into your business, right? There's that tricky I word investor. That's where the the government gets involved with the SEC. Yeah. So make sure that you have relationships with people. Again, we're, we're back to that R word relationships and find a way to work together. That's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. So you do not want the SEC coming and knock on your door. That's not a good day. <laughs> All right. Now that we got it funded, then the next F is flipping. And flipping is, well, managing the project, making all the updates, whether it's more cosmetic or more more structural, whatever it happens to be, going through that. And, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot we could, we could mention on this too. The big thing with flipping is you want to, you want to finish out the property according to what the market wants, not what you want. And that's a mistake that sometimes newer folks make is they think, well, I, I think this would look nice. And, and, and they design it for themselves personally. You're not designing the property for you personally. You're designing it for whatever is popular mass market in the moment. And so, um, you know, everything from tile design and colors and, you know, layout and amenities, all that stuff you want to look and see in that area, in that neighborhood, in that classification of home, uh, currently, what is hot at that price point? What should you include? What should you not? Certain things are just a waste of money. Other things are essential. So you want to make sure that that you're not over rehabbing and not under rehabbing. You want to just get it right there in the middle so you can get the most bang for your buck. Well, and there are certain aspects of it where it may not help the price point, but it is going to help sellability. So for example, right. if I put a granite countertop in mine, and no other house in the neighborhood has a granite countertop, it might improve the the value of the house a little bit. Maybe not, but I'm not banking on that. What I'm doing that for is to say, you know what? This is a dang nice house. 
Yeah. I'm going to improve the sellability so that I'm not sitting on it because guess what? If I've borrowed money and I'm paying interest, every day is costing me money. So that's more of kind of a, a self-preservation kind of a thing. And honestly, when you build relationships, you can get those granite countertops for pretty cheap. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, one, of, one of our properties, uh, the granite countertop ended up going in for 800 bucks. Nice. Yeah. Yep. It's all, and that's the thing is as we, as you build those relationships and, uh, you know, run a volume business, you are able to acquire not only materials, but labor at a cheaper rate. And it, uh, yeah, can really turn out quite nicely in the end. What's the fourth F Levi? So the fourth F once you're done, forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah. Forget so about it. We, we say that a little tongue in cheek here. You don't actually forget about it. You're going to remember your deals. You want to make sure that the people of the, that bought your house, they got a good value for what they were paying for. But you just sold the property. It's not yours anymore. So what do you do? Lather, rinse, rinse repeat. repeat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Just on to the next one. It's just in, out, in, out, in, out. And um, I mean, like we said, do it right. Do it well. Do quality work. But once you're done... On to the next one. What you really, and, and some people really struggle with this, don't get emotionally attached to the project. <laughs> right? Some people, that's not an issue, but some people, it's really hard. And they, they drag things out, and because they want to get everything perfect, guys, it's a project. Finish it and forget about it. Got to move Done on to the next. perfect. Right. Done beats perfect. And, you know, if, if you're wanting to, to remodel a, a home for your personal use, for your family, awesome. Do that. That's not one of your business projects. That's not one of your investments. If it's an investment, treat it as such, right? It needs to be very, just do it and forget and on to the next one. Well, and it's, it's all about the numbers, right? Yeah. If the numbers say that something's a good investment, if I'm going to put money into it, I want to make sure at least twice that much comes back. Yeah. Right? Now, there are certain things that are either um, functional or safety hazards. You got to fix those no matter what. But outside of that, make sure if you're going to improve something that you're getting a return on that investment. Absolutely. Yep. And that's where the, the conversation of analysis goes in, right? And I'm sure at some point in the future, we'll have an episode where we talk about that deal analysis, market analysis, all that, because it's really important to be able to understand what you should do and what you shouldn't do and why, because otherwise you're just throwing, throwing money away. And we don't want to do that when we're investing. So I guess that's all we got for today. This has been, this has been a good episode. Love talking <laughs> about flips. Love talking about anything real estate. I just love talking with Levi. It's a great time. It's always a good time. It's always a good time. So next week we have uh, actually a special guest that's going to be coming and joining us. And he is going to take us through a business banking strategy that very few people know of. And this strategy can absolutely transform your business finances and how you run things. I'll tell you this. When I learned the strategies that this guy teaches, I wish I would have known it 10 years ago because it would have completely transformed my prior business. But whatever. You live and learn. And so we are excited to have him join us next week. So we look forward to, uh, to seeing you then. And once again, quick reminder, we've got online championhustle.com. It's where you can find all of the subscription links as well as uh, more information about us and about the show. And we've got our uh, YouTube channel as well as our Facebook 
group, you're welcome to plug in and like that. Share it with your fellow entrepreneurs, your fellow entrepreneurial friends and family, so we can uh, share the good word of Champion Hustle and be able to uh, bless and impact more people's lives. Living the American dream. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Champion Hustle podcast. For more great content and to join our online community, visit us at championhustle.com. Oh, 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 oh